Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're going to be recapping Celebration Orlando, mm-hmm. which, so we're going to try and summarize, and I'm going to say in under five hours. Yes, we're going to try I'm hope, very hard. I'm hoping it's going to be under five hours. The, the four-day event that William was lucky enough to attend, what, two weeks ago now? Yeah. <clears throat> wow. A uh, week and a half, I think. Yeah. I mean, after... Mm-hmm. It's- it's flown by pretty damn fast. So it has. This is, unfortunately, we want to get the show out sooner, but this is the first opportunity we've had. Well, second, but well, we won't go into details yeah. on on why yeah, the first well, one I'll, didn't I'll, work. I, William, we <laughs> just wanted to switch it up a little bit. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. All I exactly. wanted to say is we were very busy. We didn't have the opportunity to record right when William yeah. got back, so we have to record tonight. So exactly. thanks for sticking but, around. Um, but no, it was it was a it was a fun event and. Uh, we have lots and lots and lots of fun and amazing news to discuss and, and cover. Mm-hmm. So um, let's... Got a uh, couple announcements before we get into it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Tom... Please, or... Tom, tell us all about it. Well, a couple quick ones. Uh, we have a release date for Episode 9, and it looks like everybody's wish has come true. It's moving back to May. So we're get your calendars Woo! marked for May 24th, 2019. Episode 9 will be released in theaters. All right. So that's number one. And number two, the uh, Timothy Zahn book Thrawn was released. Uh, we are actually going through the book. In fact, this, I will have to put this on record, is the first time Stephen has actually finished a book before William and I have had a chance I, to finish it because our review is coming soon. But I just want to say, if you weren't going to mention Tom, I was because I'm very proud of this. <laughs> I, I had, it, I had it does to throw not it out happen there. very often. No, it doesn't. I had to throw it out there. I wanted to call I'd it out say- first. One, and, and congratulations, Stephen. Very, Two, the book I, is I very, apologize. very good. I got through like 80% of it before Celebration, and then Celebration happened, and then other traveling after that, and now I'm finally able to read again, and yeah, I really I'm, want to read, so I'm looking forward to it, but congratulations, Stephen. Um, congratulations. So what do I, I am, um, You get Laurel the satisfaction of doing handshake. the show notes. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'll take Just it, kidding. so... <laughs> well... I think the the one thing we can probably bring up when we get into the show, at least, William, can you please tell us your experience about the overall recap of Celebration? And from what I hear, the first night, the lines were kind of crazy. Is that true? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so let me me start off by saying Celebration is always an amazing experience. You guys know, right? There's nothing like Celebration. I love it. And I always, always recommend going if you can. Uh, and, and this year was no exception, right? So much great stuff. It was amazing to see all your all your you know friends you haven't seen in years there. Um, uh, great content. And of course, everyone at Lucasfilm is always so kind, and it's always fun to catch up with them. Um, so, <clears throat> highly, highly recommended. That being said, this celebration had the worst lines I have seen since Celebration three i think well, celebration three was okay. the one where they were capping so, the store yeah, lines at 10 30 well, in the morning we've william you and i have been in some pretty bad lines before you're saying it was worse than those 
Oh, yes. And I think it's probably because this is the first U.S. celebration since they the new films came out. Um, so, you know, that I've been going true. to celebrations for... This is my seventh celebration. I've been going for... Oh, tw- you're so first. lucky. I've been going for 12 years, right? Um, I've been going to this fight since I was six years old. No. Um, <sighs> sorry. No, uh, okay. Nine, are you... Right? I was not actually six. I was 12. But, um, okay, guys, are you seriously trying to make me feel like the old man in this group? Oh, wait a minute. Um, wait, don't, before, you, before you answer, before you answer, I can say yes. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Sorry, Tom. Unintentional. <laughs> I didn't realize that was a question. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Um, but anyway, I, the, the reason I bring this up is like, I would like to think that the group of us are celebration veterans, right? The three of us are celebration veterans. Yep. And, um, and you know, and... Celebration three definitely had, I think, the worst lines from the standpoint that I think I'm almost positive it was three because uh, I don't think it was four. Um, you walk in, and I think at ten thirty or eleven, they capped like the doors opened at ten. By ten thirty or eleven, they capped the lines for the day for the store and for a lot, so many of the panels. Like, sorry, yeah, you can't get in. Uh, if you wait in line all day, you still won't make it. Uh, especially for a lot of the exclusives and stuff. Um, so I remember those lines being terrible and then they fixed a lot of the, the problems and everything was good this year um, for the big panels. They tried what they did it at celebration London, which I actually really liked where they handed out wristbands at 6am uh, every morning for the panels in the galaxy and celebration stages. So the, the main panels, mm-hmm. the other panels like the book panels and stuff didn't require wristbands, but the big ones like rogue one, um, and uh, The Last Jedi, and Rebels, and that kind of stuff, the 40th anniversary panel, those were all held on the main stage. And um, so you go get your wristband at 6 a.m., and then you're guaranteed a spot in the room. You don't might not have a guaranteed seat yet, and as soon as you got your wristband, if you wanted to, you could get in line uh, for the for the main room, but at least you knew like you were getting in. You could so, show up late and get a seat in the back, but you were still getting in. So basically... They saved a tour. You didn't have to wait all night to get into the arena. As long as you had that wristband, you could go. You could go to parties. You could meet people. You could mingle. Well, yeah, and, and eat, more, more importantly, kind of more importantly, you could do things like um, if there was Show a floor. panel at four o'clock in the afternoon, right? You didn't have to waste your entire day in line just so you could get into the room, right? Mm-hmm. You could get a wristband at six a.m., go about your your day. And then you get in line maybe an hour before, and maybe you wouldn't get a front row seat, but you could get a seat somewhere in the room. You're in the room. <clears throat> exactly, which is the most important thing. There's some people right. want to be front and center, and they can spend all day in line. That's fine, but you get the idea. Yeah. Uh, and that worked really great at Celebration London. I loved it. Um, this time, they knew people will, of course, you know, line up to get wristbands, and so they opened the doors at 8 p.m. Uh, to the, open the doors to the main hall the queuing hall at 8 p.m. the night before they closed them at midnight they locked the doors at midnight and then at 5 a.m. the next morning they unlocked the doors again and let more people inside just they had like a five-hour period where they weren't having a big crowd coming in and out probably just to simplify line management that sort of thing so um i'll be honest it was partially i want to apologize to the, the group of friends i was with it was partially my fault they're like oh we need to get in line the night before it's gonna be a big thing you know, I was like, no, 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 it's fine. I've been doing celebration for 12 years. Whenever I've gotten in line for any of the big panels, be it George Lucas um, or, you know, the the really any any major panel for any of the Star Wars films in the last 
events and all the celebrations I've been to. Mm-hmm. The earliest I've ever gotten up is like I got up at like three a.m. I think for George Lucas. Yeah, I was, I was in line by that f- one. And yeah, I think well, it was I, three, maybe four. Yeah, and we got in line and we waited out. You know, we waited in line from like what four to uh, eleven or something. We went into the room and everything was great. Right, mm-hmm. we got pretty good seats. I would say midway through the room, probably yeah, we're, by getting in we're line. We were kind of in the back row, but like we could see George Lucas, which was pretty impressive. So yeah, exactly. And when I went to see George Lucas the the first time at Celebration Three, um, I got in line about. 4 a.m. That was the one, that was the year we stood in the snow uh, or waited in line in the snow. It snowed on us, and they brought like hot chocolate out to everybody and stuff, and coffee. Um, and so I got in line in the in the snow, and I was all worried about getting in. And we got in, had great seats midway through the room, and maybe you know front third or so. And um, afterward they were like handing out wristbands to anybody who walked by like hey anybody want to see george lucas come on in you know and we're like oh wow we got up that early and i could have gone in this case they had like george lucas th- three panels in a row i could have gone to the second or third one with zero waiting and mm-hmm. so i was like no 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 trust me we do this for 12 years no big deal needless to say we woke up at 5 a.m or 4 a.m 4 a.m got in line and did not get in the main room which i was really bummed about for the the 40th anniversary panel um and as it turns out, uh, there were people who got in line at 7.30 the night before that still did not get in the main room. That's that, absurd. That's, a, that's insane. Yeah. They slept all night on the concrete floor with the lights on and still did not get in to, to, to yeah, the main room for the panels. That's crazy. Now, they had an attendance of, uh, I think, 70,000 people was the number I heard that's massive and the but the main room the main stage only held about 3200 people so um it's just you know just way too many people to possibly fit into that room so i think in, in futures they probably need to rent out like a you know a stadium of some sort maybe like you know a lot of times um they'll they'll convert a basketball stadium into a into a big stage just take half of it or something and that always seems to work well but i don't know i don't think they can I don't think they can have them in the in the Orlando Convention Center, or I don't know. I can't think of many convention centers that can fit that many people anymore. But it's unfortunate, you know. Well, Anaheim was pretty big. Remember when we were on that first? Because um, in the arena of Anaheim, that was huge. Yeah. In my comparison, so I don't know what Orlando was, but that was a. I'll see it again pretty soon. But that whole arena in Anaheim, and they're expanding it. So, but that's probably for a later date but it's huge yeah so it was it was too bad that some people waited in line online i felt really bad for our friends um andrew loopy uh, and matt uh, rushing who um they got in line at 8 30 the night before and still didn't get in i heard there was a lot of people like cutting in line but even at 11 like the next morning you know, they'd hop in and join their friends but even at 11 p.m i showed up at 11 p.m uh or a little before 11 and um uh, for the for the last Jedi panel, and at that point they'd already filled the room to capacity, uh, with just the the people who've been waiting in line at 11 p.m. night before 12 hours before the panel started. So, uh, aside from those, that bit of uh, unfortunate um, line management and just just too too many crowds. The the rest of the celebration was amazing, and uh, of course, I want to thank uh tracy and everybody for for hooking us up with some um 
uh, wristbands and for, for all the rebels and last Jedi panel and that kind of stuff, but, uh, made, making the coverage easier, but, um, yeah, it was, it was too bad about the lines for sure. But anyway, uh, on to happier stuff. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to uh, ask you, you kind of uh-huh. hit a, you kind of hit like, did you go to the 501st Legion bash? I mean, yeah. So they had events every night. They had the, uh, there was the, like the Carrie Fisher charity gala. There was the, uh, 501st Legion bash, which was uh, a lot of fun with, um, weird owl. And they had like Twi'lex hanging from the ceiling and stuff. It was oh, insane. That's too cool. Um and of course Galactic Nights at um Hollywood Studios where they had how was that Star Tours that was really cool uh it, they had an amazing fireworks and light spectacular show at the end mm. um where it looked like you know the lasers were coming at you so as like ships would fly you like lasers would shoot over your head and felt like you know the you were getting fired upon and uh it was a really really great show that's really neat they, yeah uh, that's pretty uh, fun. I, yeah, at Galactic Nights, they also had uh, Vanessa Marshall host a half an hour panel with um, John Knoll and Alan Tudyk uh, talking about Rogue One, which was really neat as well. Um, and of course, you know, they had Star Tours open. You could ride Star Tours with all your friends, all sorts of Star Wars themed food and drinks and everything. So, uh, and I think they'd also, they also skinned uh, a couple of the rides to be a little more Star Wars-y. I forget the one roller coaster they skinned. Um, oh, that would be a rock and roller coaster there. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. yeah, no problem. Um, but uh, yeah, it was I, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I have to yeah. ask one question: uh-huh. Did they do anything to Tower of Terror that was Star Warsy? If they did, I didn't. Uh, probably didn't. I didn't. No, they probably if didn't. I did, yeah, if they didn't, I don't think they did. But if they did, I didn't go on it and didn't see it. So okay, yeah. Uh, but no, it's it's always a good time. It's a little pricey for the amount of time you have there. Cause by the time I think I got there, it was like seven 30 or so eight o'clock and it ended at 8 PM. But, um, but it was, it's, it's always a good time. Uh, Did they have special merchandise that they were trying to, of course. Yeah. They always have the special yeah. merchandise and photo op areas and that kind of stuff. But yeah, it was, it was really good. It just makes like when you have all those evening events every night, it made getting in line, waiting in line all night that much, <laughs> that much harder. <laughs> I think, Typically, I was getting to sleep about one or two in the morning and waking up like four. Um, it's actually sleep. pretty impressive. Yeah, got Very. a couple hours of sleep. So yeah, I don't think I could have survived. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have so, tried. Uh, yeah, but it, it was it was a good time. I mean, I guess, again, I love celebration. Um, and it's I would never never have guessed William. Yeah, surprise, surprise. Excuse me. Um, one of the right, so, yeah. I was gonna say so, that kind of covers a lot of the like overall experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there were obviously a couple of really big panels. The first of which was the 40th anniversary panel. George Lucas. I know they did a Carrie Fisher tribute. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said you saw that one from not the main room but a second room, right? Yeah, that one I was really bummed at. It's, it's the only panel I didn't see in the main room. Only one of the big mm-hmm. ones I went to. Mm-hmm. And oh man, I wish I, I wish I had been there because. Um, you had uh, George Lucas make a surprise appearance, which was amazing. Uh, you know, to have George Lucas come back, you know, he's been so removed from the franchise since Disney bought it. To have him come on stage and kind of reminisce with mm-hmm. um, everyone about the last four, you know, 40 years of Star Wars was just such an amazing, uh, amazing thing. I, I and of course, it, but there's uh-huh. no way you can do this without George Lucas being there. No, you can't. You can't. Yeah. And so it's amazing that he... It's really great. I'm glad he came. 
uh, to kind of celebrate with everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you we also had Dave Filoni show up and Ian McDermott, and as, as they announced before uh, the show started, Hayden Christensen was there. That was um, cool. It how, was his first is... celebrations in Celebration Two. And how crazy. did the fans react to that, though? They I loved mean, to him. See him up it was great. I, yeah, I know. I saw a couple of interviews with him on like YouTube, you know, talking about how he felt about sand and things like that, um, and really just having a really fun time. And it seems like people were having fun with him too. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, and there's some great photos that were taken as well. Like one of him. See if you can. You should look it up and see if you can find it online of him uh, standing with like a, a guy dressed in a lightsaber costume, a light, lightsaber cosplay. And he just like has like awkward look on his face, like I'm not really sure like where to like how to pose with you. And it was it was great. Um, uh, so so we got Hayden Christensen for the first time since 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Daniels was there, and Peter Mayhew, and Billy D. Williams, and Mark Hamill, and of course the other big surprise, Harrison Ford came f- to celebration for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was really fun to see, you know, you had Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, uh, Auntie Daniels, Peter Mayhew, and Billy D. Williams all on stage together with George Lucas. And that's really mm-hmm. everyone who's, you know, aside from, excuse me, sorry from Carrie Fisher and Kenny Baker, that's like the whole main cast yeah. of the, the OT, uh, which was really, it was, it was, it was a nice special moment. And I would think the only person that was missing that you would love to have seen there was Ian McGregor. Because you had yeah. Aiden Christian, you had the message from Liam Neeson, but uh-huh. Ian McGregor wasn't there. Yeah, even Sam, yeah, actually, you brought up a good point. Liam Neeson and Samuel L. Jackson both sent messages as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian McGregor's um, absence was a bit surprising. Um, I think a lot of people well, were hoping. What was the last might... celebration he was at? Oh, that's, that's got to be a while, remember. right? Was yeah, it I don't think he was at two 15. or three. I don't. I don't think he was at. Yeah, maybe he was at three. I forget. Yeah, he wasn't at Anaheim. I forget. Um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a while. Um, and of course they had a nice memorial to Carrie Fisher as well with, with, you know, George Lucas and Kathleen Kennedy both said some stuff and her daughter, Billy Lord came out on stage and said some, some words as well. And then she recited Princess Leia's famous lines, uh, from a new hope. Um, I'm very happy they posted that online for everybody to see, cause that was a great tribute. It really finish. was. And yeah. then of course, you know, as soon as as soon as she finishes speaking, you know, Princess Leia's theme starts playing and the curtain rises up next to the stage on the right and there is John Williams live playing Princess Leia's theme conducting the Orlando um uh, uh symphony orchestra. Um at, at, you know, through not only Leia's theme but the you know main theme, the end titles, the Imperial March. Uh, and wow, I, I, that that's really the reason why I wish I'd been in the room to hear John Williams live. And talk about a way to bring down the house. You have yeah. all that, and then all of a sudden, unexpectedly, John Williams with the orchestra. Yeah, like, whoa, he doesn't travel that much, right? He's mm-hmm. he's getting older. Uh, and so it was really cool to see him, like, like George Lucas, everyone kind of had a feeling he would show up, and Harrison Ford as well. There were rumors that he was going to be there. But John Williams was a nice surprise, and a lot of people actually didn't they didn't actually know it was live music at first because they were like they didn't see the curtain rise on on the mm-hmm. right hand side. They're like, wait, like John Williams is actually like playing right now? He's conducting in the house, uh, which was really cool. So it was a it was a really really nice um, celebration of of the forty years of Star Wars. 
Uh, I thought Lucasfilm did an amazing job. Cool. Very cool. So yeah. after that one, how was the uh, Last Jedi panel? Because I'm, yeah, sure so was... that, that, I'm sure that was also <clears throat> the talk of the place. Oh, man. So this was also one of the one of the really big, really big panels. Uh, of course, shocker. Uh, and this is the one that um, we did end up getting uh, inside for. But um, I know a lot of people did not. The line for the last Jedi was even bigger than the 40th anniversary, um, which I'm not sure if that's surprising or obvious. I'm not, mm-hmm. I, I go back and forth. <laughs> um as I said, uh, the night before, Ryan Johnson actually came out and greeted fans in line, and he spent three or four hours uh, from about eleven thirty at night to what three thirty in the morning. See, that's talking thing I to like fans, about, and I think that's what I like because when we were at, at Anaheim, you had Anthony Daniels, but was it also in Anaheim? Didn't Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams send pizza yes, to fans? Yeah, they, it, they it, did. It's, and it's it's stuff like that that I really. That's the thing about celebration I enjoy is that you've got everybody embracing the fans like this. And it's just great to see like Rain Johnson coming out there, Ryan Johnson coming out there and talking to fans and and things like this happening. It's just great. Yeah. Oh, no, it really shows how much Ryan Johnson cares. And he's such a nice guy that he spent that long talking to fans in the middle of the night, right? When he could have been sleeping. And instead, he was just taking pictures of people and signing autographs and all that kind of stuff just for free. And you know, it was a nice treat for all the people who were kind of locked uh, in that in that room all night. I mean, he spent probably half the night with them, right? That's, um, that's from the time cool. they locked it at midnight to all three a.m. Only three and a half, three thirty, only cut an hour and a half before the doors opened again. Um, wow. So it was nice that he he did that uh, a lot, and uh, that was I I arrived I think about eleven eleven thirty right as he was getting there, mm-hmm. uh, and so I hung out for a little while and then. And after about 45 minutes, headed headed back to the hotel and got some sleep. (laughs) (laughs) And and also realize, people who are listening to this podcast, that's why we had to put this off for a while, because William had to get caught up on his sleep. Not just that, you know, I well, like, I, you know, I, well, little things too. Yeah, there's other things. <laughs> yes. but let's you've just, been, let's you've been doing things like work, you well, know, that, that kind of weird thing that you Friends, don't do. weddings, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, we all yeah. work. But then again, it's not every exactly. weekend you have a friend's wedding. So you got a point exactly. on that one. Exactly. Um, so anyway, this was really nice to have Ryan Johnson. The next morning, though, in the actual panel, wow, there was a lot of really good... Uh, I mean, it's... They can't say much, right? We're still a ways out from The Last Jedi, so they can't go too much into detail. But we got some nice tidbits uh, about the film. And, of course, the first teaser trailer for the movie. Um some Which of the biggest cool. things, yeah. So some of the highlights, real quick. I'll go through some of the highlights, and we can talk about the teaser trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of the things Daisy Ridley noted: Daisy Ridley was there uh, at the panel, uh, and, and John Boy again, everybody. Uh, she said that Ray has certain expectations, and it's always difficult when you meet your heroes because it might not be what you expect. It's a little ominous. Um, it's, it's ominous, but it's ominous. But the question is: to meet your heroes, it's like. Did she, is she kind of hinting that she considered Luke Skywalker a hero? Oh, I think we knew that. Oh, from definitely. Even the previous movie, though. Okay. I mean, just look at her expression, right? In The Force Awakens, when the name Luke Skywalker is said, she's like, Luke Skywalker. Sorry, that's it's my... been a while. Good point. That was, that was pretty awful, William. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and it's been a while since I've seen the the first movie, so I forgot about that. Kathleen Kennedy said that Luke Skywalker is really, I mean, shocker, as we get, could have guessed, is really, really uh, important to The Last Jedi. I mean, uh, I think after, during one of the interviews at Celebration, Ryan Johnson confirmed that The Last Jedi title is singular and refers to Luke Skywalker, um, which was a nice tidbit to to hear about um but of course mark hamill joked that he has lost all credibility with the, the public and the fans just due to how much he he lies to them and, and messes with I have, people i have to say i love mark hamill for that reason i, I has, think that's the best thing for him to do he has so much fun and you could tell on stage i think my favorite moment watching the stream was you know, he's sitting there, he's sitting next to Ray, uh, to Ray. He's sitting next to Daisy Ridley. He's like, you know, and I've got my daughter, do- I mean, my friend here. Mm-hmm. And it was just lots of really great moments between them and oh, the rest of the cast. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I love how he did that. Some people are like, oh, he slipped up. I'm like, no, he's messing with you. That These panels are always very scripted, but that does not mean they're not still fantastic. Right. Yep. I mean, occasionally there are the slip ups, right? Like That's when- true. Uh, Jean Wang accidentally revealed his character's death uh, in at Celebration London, but um, it it doesn't happen all that often. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, <laughs> it's it, did you catch the other the other time they messed with fans too? Um, I think at one point this the the live stream put um, uh, I think it was like they said Ray Kenobi. Uh, as as Ray's name at one point, uh, and oh, and, I did not like, see that. I did not. And see so many people were like, "Oh, they messed!" Like, uh, look, StarWars.com is not going to accidentally reveal Ray's name. Uh, most likely, they don't even know what it is. <laughs> but it was great to see them the mess with people. Yeah. Uh, so that was a lot of fun too. Um, so actually, speaking of the live stream, one one more little piece of feedback on that just for for lucasfilm it was a i have to say it was a little bit disappointing in the for the so they had the main room and then they had two streaming rooms where you could if you didn't make it in the main room you could watch the stream from one of the the other rooms uh which is nice because at least that way you're still with you know you're not in the main room but you're still with all these other fans and to be honest if you're near the back of the room in the main room you're looking at the screens anyway right Mm. so it's not that big of a difference or so I thought. Uh, unfortunately, the way they had this stream set up, um, the the live stream, you know. So typically, if, if I was going to run it, you would put, you would make it basically a mirror image of the main stage, where on the left, the screens of the left and the right, you would show the live feed from the cameras, like an up close shot of mm-hmm. whoever was talking, and in the center, you would put the content that's on screen. Right, whether it's concept art or a trailer or just like the celebration logo or something, because below them you would have, uh, you know, the the actual people on stage. Right. Um, unfortunately, with the live stream, with the with the the streaming rooms, all they did is they they actually didn't use the screens on the left and the right at all. They only had the screen on in the front. And it was the exact feed from the StarWars.com live stream. So it did not, you know, this is like a wide screen at the front of the room, but they're not using a widescreen. They're using a 4-3 aspect ratio picture on a widescreen. So you're getting the bars on the left and the right. And then that has bars on the top and the bottom for when there's widescreen content. And you get the ticker at the bottom. that's like all the latest news. And you get the, like the live feeds from StarWars.com presented by Verizon on there. And 
it just it felt exactly like what you would have gotten at home or mm-hmm. what you could have done by like sleeping in and watching it from your hotel room or in line mm-hmm. you know at some other thing at celebration so that part was a little disappointing uh, i figured you know they they have the live feed they might as well just pump it into the other rooms and not show it, it felt kind of lazy just to show the starwars.com live screen on the main screen only not to make it sound bad but maybe for them it was cost effective because that way they didn't have to split a signal in two i don't know oh i'm sure it was just it, it, was, yeah. it was purely due to how easy it was it just felt right. kind of cheap for the people who did you know wait in line all night only to get mm-hmm. into the streaming room and then saw exactly what everyone else saw online okay but again minor minor complaint so but back to the last jedi panel um you know a couple of pieces of feedback they jj told jj's editors told ryan that you can you can't have enough bb-8 so they want to encourage they encouraged the use of, of bb-8 as much as possible and uh, we found out that the last Jedi is going to be a test for all of our characters in the film, but especially Finn. Uh, so I'm very curious to see what what that means. Any any thoughts? I mean, if you th- so, Finn spent most of Episode Seven uh, running from the First Order. Mm-hmm. He he has a uh, he kind of goes back at the big end of the movie, kind of phases up to it. And for his efforts, he gets sliced across the back and ends up in, I presume, a back to tank for some time. So the way I interpret that is uh, Finn, he has to come to terms with what he wants to do. Last time he was really there to help Ray. Does he actually, will, will he stick around even when Ray's not there, basically? Mm, yeah. Is how I interpret it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very, very, very curious. Any, any thoughts, Tom? Um. Actually, um, yeah, I'm gonna blank on this one. Not really. It'll be interesting to see how he. Per- well, yeah. To, to oh, be honest, fine. yeah. I mean, to be honest, I I enjoy the trailer. I thought there was a boatload of stuff going on. I found it interesting that to me it looked like he was more not so much a back to tank that we're used to, unless they redesigned it going forward. He looked like he was more in stasis, or a stasis yeah. chamber oh, or something. It- yeah, yeah. I, I, I more mean, meant that he will be. He's not. Uh, he's not. Uh, I'm trying to think how to phrase this. He was not particularly happy at the end of. Oh no 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 seven. no! I mean he he's going to need a couple stitches going into episode eight. I mean I I actually was more focused. It's the Rebels season four trailer that they gave us. Mm. I mean I'm looking forward to see to to episode eight. Don't get me wrong, but for me there's a couple things that were brought up in the Rebel season four trailer ah. that. I am going to be more fun talk, have more fun talking about than episode eight. What we're going to get okay. in episode eight is yeah. going to be blast. But the the season four trailer for me is is what caught my attention. Yeah. So uh, let, let's get into that because I am I'm I'm really excited. So uh, for, first of all, we'll, we'll, let's wrap with last Jedi. Um, yeah. So Stephen, yeah. you said you watched the the stream live. Is that correct? That is correct. <clears throat> it was actually. So let me relate the streaming experience from home. Go ahead. You're listening to the panel live. You know, it's cutting between videos. And then they're like, you know, they go, Rian Johnson, sorry, I keep saying Rian. I know it's Ryan. Ryan Johnson. Like Ryan. <laughs> I know. He has his little like, oh, yeah, you guys wanted a teaser poster, right? That's all you wanted? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, right. Of course we have a trailer. Of course. And then he's like, and now let's go. And then it fades to black. And then the audio cuts out. And for a moment, I'm like, oh, no. Is, it, is this like, like, cause you know, you remember there's the rogue one teaser that was only mm. for people who were at the event. Yep. I started worrying that 
we were about to get the same thing that this was like not going to be shown so i'm waiting i like wiggle my mouse like maybe the video froze and then the music cuts it i'm just like oh thank god oh and now we can begin excellent important things Mm -hmm. but it was uh other than that it was really really fun to watch i thought i watched uh via the youtube and i had had a blast yeah, no, it was it was it was great. Um, I'm I'm curious, what did you think of Rose, the new the new character who was announced? It I didn't really I don't know. Like, it'll be interesting to see uh, what her role is. But all we you know, all we really got was her personality. It's hard to say how much of that's going to carry over into the character based on yeah. the one screenshot we got. That's true. Uh, I they, think for a lot of people. Say, Mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people, it's going to be the jury still out until you actually see her in the movie. Yeah, well, they were they were hyping her up so much on stage. Um, they said that Rose, so Rose is a maintenance worker, and she in the resistance. She's played by Kelly Marie, Kelly Marie Tran, mm-hmm. and um, the cast was just uh, and, and Ryan and everybody was just uh, couldn't have enough. Did they didn't have enough good things to say about her? Um, they they just loved her so much and they said that she has the biggest new part in the last jedi so she, we're gonna be hearing a lot more about rose in the uh in the coming months i'm sure um so yeah I, i'm curious to, to learn more about her she looks like a, a fun character though mm-hmm. um, something that i read about the character kind of made a parallel to her and chief from Battlestar galactica it was just a quick little blurb trying to compare the two but for me the jury is still going to be out until the movie comes out and you see how she is in the movie. Yeah, of course. Um, Steven, you, you brought up the poster. What did you guys think of that poster? It is a gorgeous poster. I think it's a pretty Just cool poster. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, to paint the picture for those of you who, <clears throat> you know, have not seen it, if you haven't, you, you, you should, it's this, this red poster with like a white border with the, the you know, the last Jedi logo at the bottom and you have Ray, holding the lightsaber in a very Luke-like pose, you know, from A Mm -hmm. a New Hope. And you have Kylo Ren on one side, and larger on the other side of the lightsaber is Luke Skywalker, and they're both in red. And uh, It's almost like you have the light on one side, you have the Sith on the other side, and you have the one in the middle, which could be the one in the middle, Bindu. Just kidding. But, you know, that's how you kind of read it. There's the one in the well, middle. It's, is ben it's really interesting that uh, Luke is bathed in red as well. Yes. That is true. That's very yes. true. And I well, think also, dovetails nicely. Sorry, go ahead, Tom. I was going to say also it, it fits with his, if you want to say his line saying it's time for the Jedi to end. Maybe that's why he's bathed in red because maybe it starts out this way that he could be going down a dark path. And toward the end, redeemed. I don't know. But. Yeah. So that was the big. That was the big shocker in the trailer, right? Luke's. We got the teaser trailer, and his final lines. He said, "There's, if there's one thing I know, it's time for the Jedi to end." Mm-hmm. But wow. that could also be taken many, many, many different ways. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Are yeah. you think they're mess- Do you think they're messing with us? Uh, you know, they did it with the Rogue One trailer because there's a lot of stuff that was in the Rogue One tra- trailer, especially the part where you had um, uh, Forrest Whitaker's character say, you know, what will you become? And you had that beauty shot of uh, Jyn Erso. 
Felicity Jones with, with that, you know, in the Imperial outfit with that background. And that was just basically done as a, hey, this is a cool shot. Let's do it. But they were messing with people. They could be doing the same way with this. But I doubt that's going to be the case because I think the theory is to move the Star Wars story forward, you need to, in a way, get away from the importance of the Jedi and the Sith. So I've seen – I've got two theories. Okay. So the the boring – I'm going to call it the boring example. And I think the most common is uh, this is Luke at the very beginning of the movie where Luke is like, yeah, I came out here to an island hiding on my own because I, it was time for the Jedi to end. Like we tried. Like I, we tried and look what happened. Like it obviously right. didn't work. Time for the Jedi to end. And the movie is about – uh, Ray needing a teacher and Luke kind of restoring his faith in the purpose of the Jedi. So that's that's the boring, the kind of like that's where I kind of expect it to go, and I would be okay if it did. But it's mm-hmm. it's very kind of straightforward. The other option is maybe the fact that Rebels introduced Bendu and this idea of the one in the middle is mm-hmm. more important than we thought. And it's time for the Jedi to end because the Jedi as a concept and as an order need to end right but that doesn't mean that force users don't still have a place in the galaxy and so right right and that i think is less likely but still possible sorry the the force users ending or the jedi organization the the jedi order needs to end right and ray is going to be the first of a new i don't want to use the word order we have a first order a jedi order a new uh, type of force user basically and, and that's that's kind of how I read it as well because like I, I said for what I've for what I've been reading that it's more of a to move the story forward it's not so much focus on Jedi and Sith anymore there's still a mm-hmm. there still needs to be force users so how is the force going to be going forward because even in the expanded universe there were different versions of Jedi out there. There are the ones that were strict with the force that, you know, you could not marry, but then also there was the ones that had their own offshoot that, you know, they could have kids and everything else. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see if that's how they're going to be going forward. Yeah. I mean, the Jedi were not perfect, right? Um, <clears throat> they had their flaws. They, they completely missed, um, like they 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 became so focused on this episode they didn't see the the dark side rising um so maybe he does want to create a new a new order of some sort but i don't know very very eager to see it is the perfect line go. to have people speculating for the next 8 months yep absolutely yeah it 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 really is it really is so uh you know the, the trailer itself was great we we got this you know the first shot with ray's hand uh hitting the ground or a rock on uh octu and um and then we get some scenes of her kind of training and 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 like training montage and luke telling her to just you know to breathe just breathe we get some beautiful shots of of the uh, skellig michael island uh in, in ireland um if you haven't i mean i hope you've seen the trailer by now right uh, mm-hmm. if you if you haven't you're you're crazy um and 
and so Luke says, you know, reach out. What do you see? And we get shots of Leia from behind with the word, you know, uh, help me with Obi-Wan Kenobi and light. We get Kylo Ren's shattered uh, fate mask uh, now. And some sort of, it looks like a book of Jedi teachings. Is that what it looked like to you guys? It it looked like that, but That's... it also looked like, go ahead. No, I was agreeing. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah. But it also looked like what it was sitting on was something that was, this is how I read it, kind of wooden, kind of, and I will say it, kind of Bindu-like. Mm. That's think what was, I saw. Do you think it was a like a tree of some sort? That's what I kind of figured. Like, because I mean, there are, there are concepts, and I saw someone post this recently, there are, is concepts of like, force sensitive trees almost so they had to like rescue remember in um shattered empire oh that's uh, right i forgot about those i yeah. was like i always thought it was a little bit of an odd concept but i don't know i i don't know if it's if it's actually um related or not i guess the only way to find out is when the movie comes out and we will see True. what happens. It's so much more fun to speculate, Tom. I know it's so much more fun <laughs> to speculate, but then it gets to the point where it's like, just <clears throat> show the movie already. Yeah. Um, it is already at that point, Tom. It oh, is. It, is. it is. Oh, it is. December can't uh, come fast enough. Oh, man. December 15th. Uh, yep. But then the trailer wraps up with, you know, we get scenes of um, of Ray finally swinging a lightsaber um on a blue lightsaber luke's lightsaber uh there's a shot of the uh the the new planet uh you guys have to get, correct me here because i i had it in the notes and then lost it uh croida um do you guys remember uh, i does does not remember off the not ring a bell for me i had it and just completely lost it um it was uh almost uh, yeah it does not ring a bell bell at all sorry you guys are failing me you guys are failing me no um here we go you have failed me for the last time so it was called so actually fun fact this was this planet was supposed to be announced during the panel but they forgot they completely (laughs) forgot to to bring it up and so afterward, uh, our our good friend Anthony Bresikin uh, did an interview, and he exclusively revealed the name of the planet called Crate. That's what it was, Crate, not Crate <laughs> Dragon. It's C R A I T. Um, but the, it's this uncharted planet uh, with mines on it, and it's got this really interesting concept of like white sand, but when something hits the sand, the dust is like blood red. So these vehicles that are like dragging into the into the ground and kicking up this blood red dust as they, they zoom across the landscape, uh, which is, which is really fun. Mm-hmm. And of course we get shots of Finn and, and, and BB eight and Poe, uh, the Falcon, of course, uh, Ray. And we running, have no idea who's Kylo. flying the Falcon though. Yeah. That's the thing. You only see it, it looked flying. like, I think maybe like the Jedi temple burning and then some nice space battles with, with B wings and, uh, also the stuff. And of course, you know, the, the, and we have a confirmed return of the A-Wing, which I'm yes, very excited we did. about. A-Wing. Yes. Yes. And then of course, Luke's chilling line. It's time for the Jedi to end. So really, really well done. Um, good, good stuff there for sure. And I cannot wait to, uh, to learn more about this film later, later this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
one thing that um uh that they they did also say is that this film will explain why luke's decision to flee and isolate himself was the right one so as you would expect right but that is gonna be true also quick shout out uh our our friend bruce gibson uh his daughter was actually put on the screen during the last jedi panel see that's Uh, cool yeah he uh at, at celebration london she dressed up uh, she cosplayed as uh, Ray, and so they had a shot of you know of Ray, and put her right up there uh, on the screen, which was a nice surprise. So we all looked at each other like, "Wait, that's Bruce! That's your daughter!" Um, so that was that was a lot of fun. That's really cool. So yeah, really really good stuff um, all around. Of course, that's. But wait, there's more. Did you guys watch the Rebels? panel live okay i i am going no, to confess that one i was not able to oh yeah and, and, and i'm going to confess because because i missed going to celebration and i enjoyed the celebration that i went to in anaheim i really could not watch all the stuff i had a hard time just like i would rather have been there i tried to avoid all the stuff i read everything that's that's all yeah. I did. I didn't watch anything from the live stream because also I'm at work. I'm not at a desk the whole time. I'm all over the place. I had a friend of mine at work. He was kind of relaying some stuff to me, but I I did I kind of passed on seeing all that stuff. But I did read a boatload. Yeah. So. Well, they had uh, a lot of really amazing announcements at this panel. The biggest one, though, um, and this is one we've speculated for quite a while, but Mm -hmm. unfortunately, Star Wars Rebels Season 4 will be the final season. Figured as much. Of Rebels. Yeah. Now, this is the thing, thing, though, that I'm going to bring it up now, because we brought that up, but when it was talking, when it was the trailer, what I found fascinating was you hear Harris say, and I know I'm sorry if I'm jumping all over the place, but I'm, I love this part now. You hear Harris say it's a story about a boy, and then talking about Ezra, and mm-hmm. then it cuts to Sabine, and a story about a girl who's lost. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm reading that as so basically Rebels is not so much the story of Ezra, but it was also a story about Sabine as well because mm-hmm. it mentioned that hooked up with, you know, um, a war veteran, which was really cool. The shot of um, Chopper looking at the Y-Wing, uh, a Jedi who was not a master, however they, they explained uh, Kanan. Uh, Zeb's line was – but it was basically a story about – it was, um, if I read this correctly, Ezra and Sabine, which I was like, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she's really become one of the main – players in in rebels especially in the last season and more so in this this final season um so i i am not surprised at all yeah that i kind of said as much about a year ago i feel like a lot of that as well is when you think about the characters who have developed the most on the show it's definitely sabine and ezra Mm -hmm. right they can't like kanan has gone through like all the characters have obviously developed kanan's Mm -hmm. gone through a lot hera's gone through some zeb's gone through a fair amount but I feel like the the narrative weight rests originally on Ezra, and in, right. to a much greater degree in season three, and like, like William said, in season four is going to rest on mm. Sabine. Right. Yeah. 
it'll be interesting how when they end the series, how they're wrapping up the storyline between the two of them. So oh, no, I, I think well, and that look it it's sad that Rebels is ending, right? Oh, absolutely, it but, is. But and all yet, good things ha- all good things come to an end. Yes, sadly, and, that's and, that's a reference to another science fiction franchise. And we we had a feeling that it was coming to a close, right? It was mm. kind of getting to be that time, and you know, you don't want to drag on something good for too long because then it just goes downhill. Yeah, so I. I actually, I'm really happy they're ending after season four. It is so rare in, you know, TV today that a show actually gets to end on its own terms and like tell the story they wanted to tell. You're usually caught between a studio or a network that's like, hey, the show's making us money. Why wouldn't we continue it? And so you pad out the content. The story goes longer than you expected or you add on a new story and the show kind of gets run into the ground or just kind of eventually dies. And it just... Obviously, that's not optimal. Or I've seen the other side of things um, where you're never sure which season's going to be the last season. So every season's finale is kind of a season, like a series finale too. Like if we had to end here, it'll kind of be okay. The fact that Mm -hmm. Rebels gets to avoid both of those pitfalls. It gets to say, hey, we're telling a story from beginning to end. The story we've always meant to tell, at least in, you know, broad arcs. That, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. Now, when it comes to these 14 episodes, it is an actual story full arc, if I understand correct, right? It's not going to be like broken up into small chunks. They've actually plotted out all 14 where it's almost going to be a consistent story. You mean all 14, 16 episodes? Correct? 16 episodes, right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So there's you're, you're completely right, Stephen. Um, it, it's good that they have the ability to end this on their terms and uh, you know, I think to your point, we're we're gonna have 16 episodes this season rather than the usual 22, which is shorter. Uh, but it's actually a good thing, right? Because you're, you're gonna have less. Um, I hate to say it, filler, right? It, it's gonna be every ep- every minute of every episode is gonna count because you know you only have 16 left, right? Um, yeah. They actually showed us the, one of the episodes from season four while we oh, were there. Oh, lucky! And uh, I'll. I'll I'll get into that in a spoiler free uh, as much as possible in, in a little bit. But, um, you know, after we walked out and like, wow, that was one sixteenth of the rest of the series. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, and maybe that sounds crazy, but like, it's going to go quickly, you know? Um, yeah, well, but, but it'll end on, on their terms as they always intended. And, um, yeah, I think you know we we talked to the um, Henry Gilroy and uh, way back he said you know that they, they they had a plan right for for this for this for the series they've always had a plan and uh, they they knew they have beginning middle and end and they're they're reaching that end and so this season's going to be unlike anything they've ever done it's gonna be a little different a little darker um, but um, but really good overall so I'm. I'm excited. It's bittersweet, but mm-hmm. they're going to end this with a bang. Yeah, but we're and not. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, and we're not left with. I'm going to say a Clone Wars in which it's just abruptly it's over. Yep. And we yeah. get the little bits and pieces once it's done, you know, to kind of to to ease it out of our consciousness instead of just like boom, it's over. This way, Stephen, as you mentioned, they're going out on their own terms. They're going out basically on top, and. Sounds like they're going to give us 16 great episodes. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in, in season four, you know, Harris focus is going to be much sharper. Things are coming to a head and she's been affected by the losses in season three. So she's going to be pushed as far as she can go. Zeb will be about 20% better at not losing to Chopper at bets, uh, according <laughs> to, according to Filoni. Uh, and, uh, or, um, and, uh, he, he's kind of become more of an uncle than a brother in many ways. He's smarter and he's not just the muscle anymore. So we 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 get to see we've seen Zeb grow a lot and and it's been fun to watch his his character. Callus was the standout favorite at the panel. Everybody could not stop raving about how much they loved Callus. And, you know, hair was a constant uh, joke, you know, with Dave Collins saying, "Oh, it's amazing what a strand of hair can do." <laughs> From the, you know, that It's that pretty episode. impressive at the end of the day. It is. It is, it is. <clears throat> you know, they talk about how displacing Callus's hair instantly symbolizes his freedom and the crew is obsessed with, with you know, uh, hashtag uh, hot Callus, as I believe Tracy uh, probably coined and got the, everyone in the community and the um, uh, and the cast and crew uh, using. Um, and Filoni even joked that he rewrote, like, almost all of season four in four weeks due to the Callus reaction. Like, oh, we gotta add more Callus! <laughs> Well, it's going to be interesting to see how he plays in these 16 episodes. Uh-huh. So Yeah, well, he looks very different in oh. in season 4. Did they Did you guys anything? catch him in the trailer? Yes, I did. Oh, yeah. He's got long did, hair now. Did they mention anything about how much time will pass from end of season 3 to season 4? Is it going to go right into it or is there going to be like a small time jump of like a couple months? Uh it wasn't I don't I don't know for sure. I don't remember. I don't think they said that. Uh there was definitely mm, trying to think how much I can well, I, I can well, say No, it's okay because I have a feeling just I don't think it was that Callus, much of a, of a of a time jump. It was well, enough was, for him to grow out his hair, but even Yeah, that's then, what I was gonna like, say. A lot that of that could I think be is his hair coming season. down too. <laughs> he let his hair down per se. <laughs> let his you know, he, he was, yeah. Yeah. I got <laughs> it. I don't know. I got it. That's good. Uh, it's funny. Never know. Um, so you know, there's Callus. Um, Mandalorian fans like you, Tom, will be very happy with mm-hmm. a few of the episodes in season four. Uh, and Floyd said you might be surprised who, uh, where we end up, and who might show up in the show. Um, now, now uh-huh. I think an interesting thing I have to ask you, William. Um, kind of playing off on Dave Filoni, he was messing with people. Um, did you see the shirt change or not? Oh, yeah. So this this was funny. Dave Filoni was wearing an Ahsoka Lives question mark shirt. And after they played the trailer, he came back on stage and was wearing an, an Ahsoka Lives exclamation mark shirt, uh, which he promptly changed back. He, he, after the panel ended, he promptly changed back into the question mark version and then played dumb during the press conference. Um interesting but yeah so like they're they're definitely playing up ahsoka they, they talked about one of the other panels that you know again they reiterated she's she's not gone they decided that they're gonna they're gonna bring her back mm-hmm. um in some form in in the show so i mean since it's season four it's the last season that i'm guessing they're gonna bring her um at, in at the very end of season four in in some way but we don't really know how and they i thought they were gonna announce something at one of the panels, but they, they did not. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but let's see, uh, Chopper, you know, he's, he has a big heart as everyone knows and, and really cares about the, the crew of the ghost, even though he's a cantankerous little droid. Uh, Sabine is kind of in a new place now. She's kind of grown a lot and gotten over her insecurities. And, uh, after, uh, you know, after Kanan kind of helps strip her down, remove everything, you know, she, uh, the, everything that makes her her in order to become the person that she needs to be, he actually kind of helped himself as well. So Kanan will be uh, much better too after his after Kanan's defining moment in Trials of the Dark Side. It was not only a defining moment for for Sabine, but it was a defining moment for uh, Kanan as well. And you know he's he's kind of taught everything he taught he's taught Ezra everything he can at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ezra still seeks life lessons from Kanan, so it's not like there's nothing he can. I mean, Kanan in some ways thinks he's taught Ezra everything. Ezra still goes to him for life lessons, um, but he hasn't quite realized that there's more he can he can he can impart on Ezra, and that's kind of why we saw those. We kind of heard that dialogue that seemed like the, their final talk. You know, we thought he almost might die at the end of season mm-hmm. three because uh, he really did think he taught Ezra everything. Um, so that was, that was interesting. Ezra has grown up a lot. Season four is really about him deciding what kind of Jedi and what kind of person he wants to be and how he can help his people on Lothal. So I think we'll go back to Lothal, uh, probably a a lot in, in this final season. Uh, We'll also see Mon Mothma who will be returning. Uh, we'll get to see new sides of her character and she might get a little fiery for once. Saw Guerrero will return alongside his co-pilot two tubes, uh, who will be piloting a Ewing and uh, Saw will be pushed further and we'll get to see a little bit more of why he is the way he is in Rogue One. Maybe that's when we'll see the Geonosian poison mm-hmm. um, exploding. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm very excited to to see where they take all that. And then, of course, the big reveal before the season four trailer. Uh, if I don't know if you guys heard, but at Celebration London, Warwick Davis was bugging Dave Filoni about why he was not in Rebels yet. Because he's been in everything Star Wars, but he's not never gotten the call for Rebels. Well, uh, he gave him a hard enough time uh, that Dave Filoni did give him a part. And he gave him a pretty interesting and part. Yes, I'll this, say. This was very cool. And I, that interesting part would be... Well, and I wasn't even expecting this to happen after a comment that Thrawn made earlier in the show that that code mm-hmm. word used, but Warwick Davis will be playing Rook, Thrawn's Nogri assassin bodyguard. Nice. That's pretty damn impressive. Yep. The fact that they're bringing a Rook back as well, especially after the Thrawn novel, and you know, having this whole season without the Nogri, I was like, oh no, they're not gonna. The Nogri are gone. They're not a thing anymore. Oh no, they're a thing, and we'll get to see them for the first time in Star Wars television and and, and film. See, this is one of those moments where I wish you guys had actually read Thrawn, because there's not even a direct correlation here, but an interesting observation. Okay, okay. I'm. You say it like we haven't touched it. I'm like eighty percent done. I know, well, but the, in this particular one, it it relies I'm, on the epilogue. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm almost there. I mean, I'm getting closer. I am so looking forward to finishing this book, and I love this book. Yeah, um, but that was uh, that was. I loved that reveal. That was so cool to see. Uh, I'm very excited that Rook will be here. It's interesting though that that Thrawn used the Rook. Um, what do you, what do you call it? Like 
something code Rook to have the his his uh, droid, his training droids shut down. I think it was just shut down. Yeah. So um, clearly, he already knows Rook in 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 some way. Um, also confirmed for season four, Bo Katan. Yay! And X Wings. We'll finally get to see X Wings, Steven, in season four. About time. Yep. Uh, and so, uh, and, and Kanan and Hera will have a moment, uh, finally, uh, and Filoni gets a, finally gets to put a wolf in Star Wars. Um, so there's a lot, a lot going on for sure. Um, really, really excited. The, do you guys want me to talk a little bit about the season four premiere as spoiler free as possible or... Yeah, go for it. You could go. Why not? Give it a shot. Briefly. Okay. Okay. So we did get to see the first episode of, I'm assuming it's the first episode of the season. It might be an episode later on, um, but it was titled House of Mandalore Part 1. I don't know who wrote it, unfortunately, um, but I'll kind of like set up the basic plot of the episode and I won't go into any of this, the details about exactly what happens, but in this episode. But hang um, on. Wait, wait. Before you do that, uh-huh. Spoilers. Yep. Skip ahead what, alert, five minutes. Yeah. Uh yeah, five minutes if uh if if you don't want to hear any spoilers and you'll you'll go into the press conference and stuff. Okay. Uh, so or, now now you may continue. Yeah. Okay, exactly. go ahead. Thank you. So um uh in in House of Mandalore, shocker, uh Sabine and Clan Ren and and you know and all of our heroes go and try to rescue Sabine's father. Uh, and we get some, there's some really great scenes with, you know, jetpacks and biker scouts and Mandalorians. <clears throat> this is the episode in which, again, you know, because you saw it in the trailer, uh, Katie Sackoff returns as Bo-Katan. We'd heard about her return for uh, some time. We'd heard rumors, but she is coming back to the show. And, okay, hang on. I don't know. I'm uh-huh. thinking of... I was going to say, is her, does she have a daughter named Ray? But that's the wrong Mandalorian <laughs> that we're thinking about here. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Ignore that question. Yeah. Um, and, but there's, I, I wish I could go into more detail, but there's a very interesting dynamic here uh, between Ray and, and uh, you got me saying it, uh, between Sabine and, and Bo-Katan Kreese, who, of course, was Satine Kreese's sister. Um, but this all this episode is all about rescuing um Sabine's father, if who you will remember is has been captured by Gar Saxon and and is being imprisoned um by him and and his forces. So, um, you know, it, it's all about how they try to rescue Sabine's father and how things succeed or and or go terribly terribly wrong and. The the episode is it's fairly dark and bleak in many ways, uh, very unlike much of Rebels, um, and it gets pretty emotional too. Um, I, I wish I could say more. <laughs> that's that's about all I'm willing to say uh, without, without spoiling. All things. in time, William. Yeah, <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll come let's out. Let's see. We'll get to watch this what in six months, eight months. Yeah, six oh months. man, that is just Five, way months. too long. Yeah, but uh, it was a, a a very good episode. Um, if I had to to rate it, I would probably give it like you know eight and a half, nine womp rats. Um, 
probably but again we're this is still early i i've only seen it once and i have not had time to take my normal uh my, my usual uh lengthy and extensive notes so um we'll we'll have to return to this and review it in depth once the episode airs uh, a couple things to wrap up the season four panel uh or they kind of took a look back at season three and they 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 went a little more in depth on uh how the, you know, the maul and obi-wan fight and how dave Floyd didn't feel right about having anyone take out maul except obi-wan and he actually shared um a actually this was in one of the his one of his other panels but he he shared a storyboard of the entire maul versus obi-wan fight he personally went out through and storyboarded every single piece of that well he did an amazing job job. yeah the shots in that sequence were fantastic yep insert joke about the storyboard only being two scenes long but uh or (laughs) two frames (laughs) long but uh (laughs) no it was it was very good um You know, they talked about how Thrawn uh, Rebels has always been an opportunity to bring characters back. Thrawn was in the planet from the very beginning and how Bendu is surprisingly the first decent teacher Kanan has ever had, right? He had the Grand Inquisitor in season one. He had Maul mm-hmm. in season two. They're not exactly the best teachers in some ways. Um, and, and Bendu is this, you know, he's the guy in the middle. He's this new thing. and He's, he's uh, actually Freddie Prince Jr.'s favorite character in rebels interesting um, yeah of course they also had a uh they also talked about how they had a separate recording session for um uh for trials of the dark Seder, saber for tia sir and freddie prince jr for their, their their pivotal moment everyone pretty much agreed it's one of the the best episodes um of the of the series um which was which was nice for sure uh, a couple other facts from there. There was a similar panel called uh, Dave Filoni animated origins and unexpected fates, which went into uh, all sorts of uh, details about rebels and the clone wars. Um, but since, since we're on the topic uh, twin sons, well, actually, uh, so the, during the duel with Obi-Wan and Maul, uh, apparently the Qui-Gon pose at the end, which we love so much mm-hmm. actually came in very late in the game uh, near the end. They're like, Oh, you know what? We should, we, we should do this parallel to Qui-Gon and, and everybody loved it. And they, they quickly got it in there. Um, it's, in- it's interesting you say that because it seemed like it was very natural for them to put it in there to do the Qui-Gon pose. And also to yeah. have, to have Maul defeated the exact same way. Well, had to have Maul defeated by using the exact same move he did on Qui-Gon. It showed that, Obi-Wan learned it was able to defeat him in basically three moves. Yeah. Yeah. That always strikes me as one of those moments where it's like, you know, they're going through back and forth and then someone has the day like, hey, why don't we do this? And everyone's like, yeah, that's it. Like, Like, no more discussion. Yeah. We got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And I'm I'm glad they end up doing it. Uh, Fully talked about how he always likes to start with a storyboard from like a, a God's eye view, right? And then he, uh, he always like the storyboard from like the top down and then and then he kind of gets into to more of the details and he wanted to make sure that in this fight uh maul gone in, in at least one strike to show that he's not like in, he's not incompetent right he knows how mm-hmm. to fight it's just that obi-wan knew how to counter him in this case uh and, and so that was that was really fun to see the uh, the whole progression of the fight 
I uh, I posted the storyboard on uh, I tweeted it on our uh, our Twitter account Ion Cannon Cast. So definitely check that out if you're if you're curious. Um, let's see what else. Um, it shows that the fight also shows that Obi Wan learned from from Qui Gon's uh, death, uh, which is it was sad, but at least he 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 learned a life lesson. Mm-hmm. But but the sad thing is when it comes to Maul that. And I think I mentioned it when we we talked about reviewed the episode. He burned himself out, but he went back to the old move that took out Qui Gon. You would think that he would try and do something different, but maybe it was a point. You can also look at it this way: maybe it was a point to where Maul just had enough, and he figured, "I'm just going to go for it." And if if this is it, this is it. And yeah. he just burned himself out, and he 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 went back to what defeated a Jedi before. So he was a broken man. He was split in half. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Looking, uh, looking at some of the other, this uh, twin sons, apparently this is, this is fascinating. Twin sons was apparently originally 35 minutes long instead of the normal 22. Mm-hmm. Um, but they cut out a lot of it uh, to 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 for for time. Most of the cutscenes were between Hera and Kanan with Zeb dealing with the loss of Sabine and Ezra. Because if you think about it, you know it, Hera and, K- and Kanan are kind of watching their kids grow up. Sabine mm-hmm. is is now on uh, on Mandalore. Uh, Ezra is is becoming a Jedi and going and doing things off on his own. And so they're they're kind of alone now um and 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 so twin sons was originally going to deal with that and 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 see you know how they accept this but at 35 minutes long they really wanted to streamline it and make it focus just on uh on maul and and ezra and obi-wan so i'm I'm glad they did that i'm glad they did because i think it probably would have slowed down the episode and it would have been it would have been too much noise just to get to the meat of the episode which was Obi-Wan, actually, sorry, um, it was Obi-Wan originally talking to Ezra was a good part of the episode, but it was the meat of Obi-Wan and Darth Maul for the last duel. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, so let's see. Uh, you also got to go to the Rebels press conference as well, right? Yes, yes. Because you uh, mentioned that earlier when Dave Filoni, he'd yeah, switched the shirt. his, uh, yeah. he'd switch his yeah. shirt around. Actually, yeah, I, so yeah, let, let's let's I, I finish forgot up that the, was the panel instead of the the rebels season. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, actually, so there there was the 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 rebels press conference where they had a bunch of of details here. Um, so there was the Ahsoka lives shirt, which we talked about. They they talked about how the rebels, you know, Dave Filoni. They've known the show is going to end for a while, right? Uh, but Dave Filoni really wanted to tell the fans in person, so they specifically saved the announcement for celebration Orlando. They did not want to put it in the uh, season, which, four. which I think was fair. I think that was the, a great decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that was great. And I think fans are able to take it better this way, right? He mm-hmm. knew it would be hard for fans, even though it's a good decision. And so I'm glad he saved it. I, it was I a think, good decision. on their part. I think the best way you can put it, the way the fans reacted to the news of clone wars going away this was the better way to do it because to do it as the press release or how they did it originally, that was not taken very well. No, this was the best way to do it. Yeah, 
exactly and of course they talked about how you have to have episodes with a somber ending in order to ultimately have happiness Mm. and and the goal for rebels has always been to inspire people uh they wouldn't talk about whether or not we'll see vader in the final season but we will get lots of thrawn and we'll see ezra finding his role and and sometimes letting sabine take over as well Uh, a lot of decisions are made for for ezra in in season four one of the other nice things that they revealed during the press conference is that um, you know, they uh, they acknowledge that it's obvious that Hanan and Kara, uh, Hanan and Kara, wow, Kara. Yeah. Uh, Hanan, that's their wow, uh, wow. It's Never obvious heard that, that Hanan and Hera have a connection, and that fans rooting for them being space married will be very happy. Says Vanessa Marshall. Uh, so sounds like we'll finally get to see their, their relationship, um, blossom. Uh, you know, there's always been hints at it, but we never actually, uh, got to see anything else. Um, which was, which was great. And, uh, and of course the cast and crew for, for part of the press conference talked about, you know, what is the core of star Wars, right? It's the force. And what do they hope kids will learn? Um, you know the the cast and crew kind of went, went the cast at least went through what they hope the lessons are for 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 fans now um you know like the willingness to trust or you know the strength of that Ezra has or you know letting go um you know being hopeful in the face no, no, of no, insurmountable that's the odds franchise william <laughs> <laughs> not the the disney franchise um you know, and, and how maybe you have to spend time uh, with your worst enemy and, and, and face you know him or her in order to kind of get over it. Um, so that, that was that was kind of nice. And then uh, we got a few more details. Uh, Thrawn is operating from a position of power. Obviously, he's had a huge effect on how the rebels operate, kind of addressing the zero hour finale and how they can't be as bold and open with attacks. And uh, Dave Floyd said that this kind of carries all the way through to Rogue One right now. The Thrawn has had such a major devastating impact on the rebels that they can't really be bold anymore. They can't, mm. they can't do what they were doing previously. They have to hide in the shadows a bit more. Um, otherwise Thrawn will come and take them out. And, and that's why in Rogue One, we see everyone so nervous and timid about attacking Scarif, right? Cause what if it's a, what if it's a trap or um, what if they, they take them out? So, um, it, it's kind of nice. It's how it's setting things up a bit, you know. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, they've of course, done a great job of it so far. I would expect really that have. to continue in the next season. Yep. Yeah, uh, and of course, the season is still in production, but that and that's why the the episode we saw today is the only one that is in a, a finished or near finished state. Um, that was. That was at least nice to see. Oh wow, um, there's a lot of other stuff. Uh, I forgot. There's, there's there's Rex, right? He's always been a good soldier. He's honorable and proud, mm-hmm. uh, with pure intentions. And this is actually the first time he's believed in a war because previously he was just programmed to fight. But did you guys see the uh, the photo of Rex from season four? Yes, I did not in the now. trailer. What was it? Yes, it's old Rex. Yep, in green. Endor style fatigues. And somebody oh, did do the comparison. Somebody did do the comparison. And supposedly didn't Dave Filoni kind of hint hint that that 
was him on Andor? Yes. And so they are definitely making Wait, reps. wait, what do you mean on Andor? So remember what? the the, the old rebel soldier? So remember the old rebel soldier on on Endor? On Endor, right? Right when Han Solo was going into the uh Imperial stockade the Imperial um doors, his strike group was right there off to the side. He uh-huh. He had the Imperials come out and chase him around the corner, and when he chased him around the corner right into the Rebel soldiers, there's one Rebel soldier up front that's got a white beard and mustache, and it was always – watch okay. watch, watch, Return of the Jedi. Um, yeah, well, or, the, or the photo's there. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. That was like you've like never a, seen it before. Steven, you are not – get on. <laughs> Oh, you kid! Go hey. watch. T- they watch Return of the Jedi. Hey, come on! Uh-huh. You've burnt. You've burned me a few times. This one had to come oh, out. I know. I was so- <laughs> Tom, I'm not used to being on the receiving end of this. <laughs> so anyway, but Filoni, Filoni did go hint, hit, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. That actually was Captain Rex that was there when Han Solo came out and led those Imperials right into the ambush of Rebel soldiers. So he survived all the way to Jedi. Wow. Yes. Yeah, that's really cool. Yes. Yeah, that was really, really awesome to yeah. see. Uh, I'm trying to find the, the picture of him in Rebels. Um, oh, I've seen it. It's it's actually very funny. And and there's a, a friend of mine who actually, I'm going to make a call out because um, Aaron also knows him, the guy that she likes doing for Captain Rex. Um, he kind of works where I'm at. And he's putting together a costume. He's going to cosplay Captain Rex from Jedi. He's already putting That's it together. Awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, I can't I can't um, wait to see him in that. But if you, if you search for like Captain Rex Endor, you'll find a bunch of stuff online. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't find the exact image from the panel. I could have sworn we tweeted it, I, uh, but I, I didn't I've see seen it. it. I know the one you're talking about. It's pretty cool. I could have sworn I tweeted it during the during, during the panel, but uh, you can see the, at least the, the, the image of the Rebel Soldier. He's the only guy with like gray hair and a beard mm-hmm. on Endor mm-hmm. and they're making Rex into him. So really, really cool to see. Yeah. Um, so that, that's awesome. Um, you know, they talked about how Vanessa was, uh, Vanessa Marshall was thrilled when she heard her Hera's name in rogue one. And, you know, uh, Dave Filoni confirmed that we will see her promotion to general in season four before the, before the series ends. Um, they they won't get it won't be like a whole episode about it though right they they won't have again because they only have 16 episodes left they're not going to spend mm-hmm. an entire episode on how she becomes general but it will be seen in the series right which was uh which would be neat um he also talked about how i'll be honest it wasn't super clear but he, he talked about how they will tie into rogue one and I've actually heard I was there in person and I've heard conflicting reports. And so I'm, I'm unfortunately still a little bit unclear. Um, but either, either we'll see the rogue one scene, but it, and it won't, but like it won't be a central focus focal point of the show uh, or the, you know, the Scarif battle will not be glimpsed at all in the series. Mm. I think it's the latter where we won't see Scarif at all uh in season four we'll just know that yes the ghost was in that battle i mean we don't know what they were doing so i know we kind of hoped we'd see the scarf battle from the opposite side it doesn't sound like that's the case i i think i think for 
it makes to me it makes sense not to have them show it in Rebels because you're almost looking at it as yes, I understand the point of view, but you're almost looking at it as a, two different styles. I would say if it was a live action Rebels compared to, uh, with a uh, Rogue One, I would love to see that. But you are jumping from that in animation to tell that point of view. I'd have a hard time with it. Um, I think the, the harder thing in my mind is that Rebels season three and four is about Thrawn as the villain. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. Absolutely. Thrawn is not there at Scarif, and that makes nope. it hard to tell that story in context. Yep. Yeah. No, actually, perfect, perfect, perfect point. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there was there was a lot of good stuff. I mean, I it, I I know it's a lot to cover. Uh, for for this episode, uh, we, we talked about the 40th anniversary panel, the Last Jedi Rebel season four, the press conference. We talked about half of the animated origins and unexpected fates panel. There's actually a lot more, including um some new details about the Clone Wars and some unaired footage from the series. Some of the last unaired footage from the Clone Still? Wars was debuted here. Yep. Wow. They keep saying they've had the last of it and they, they dug up some more. And I'll give you a little hint. Cad Bane and Boba Fett. Yeah, I read about this one. Online. Uh, yeah, I read really that cool. one. I read that really one. cool. Uh, there's also the making of Rogue One panel with some secrets about how they made Rogue One. There was the Freemaker Adventures panel. Uh, where we got to learn all all about Freemakers season two, which if you haven't seen yet, I highly recommend going going and watching. It is Freemakers. such a fun show. It is, and they did they, they debuted the season two premiere uh, at Celebration, oh. so we got to see the first episode of season two as well. Very cool. Um, and there's a new series called Star Wars Forces of Destiny, which looks awesome as this well. This I'm looking forward to. Yeah, and of course, Star Wars Battlefront 2, a whole bunch of new book news, and much more. Uh, don't worry. So, sa- so stay tuned. We're going to be covering all of these over the next three hours. Yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, that, that's going to be broken up. We're already almost at shows. two hours. And yeah. and we're, yeah. we've just talked about you know Rebels and The Last, Last Jedi. Jedi. <laughs> yeah. So rather than make you sit here and listen to his drone on and on and on for another five hours. Um, I think what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to take a break here and we will come back in a week with uh, the second half of our celebration recap. It's a bit later than I'd like, but that way you guys will have some time to kind of digest everything. And then we'll get back with our full impressions because, you know, the Freemaker adventures stuff, the, 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 the clone wars, details we got forces of destiny battlefront 2 not to be missed so oh yeah yeah and then we'll be back um with our thrawn review uh almost not quite but almost immediately after that so stay tuned thank you for listening to the ion cannon podcast your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far far away including rebels the sequel trilogy spin-off films and more if you like what you hear please rate us in your favorite podcast client your reviews will help the show grow within the star wars fan community you can visit our website ioncannoncast.com or follow us on facebook and twitter you can also get in touch with us by emailing contact at ioncannoncast.com The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. 
Any and all opinions expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans for fans and is copyright 2017.